Before we get started with this uh, 200th edition of the Tom Green Podcast, that's kind of what I'm doing in this pre-recording, acknowledging that indeed this is the 200th episode of the Tom Green Podcast. And with it, of course, we've had a lot, a lot of guests on the show. Uh, so many that I can't quite name them all when I have my guests on the show, so I decided to pre-record it. And the, the names go as follows. I'd like to thank Rob Smith, Cody Klontz, Andy Mitz, Matt Sheehan, Charles Kangas, Alex DeWitt, Ryan Drinkwater, Brandon Fazilari, John B., also formerly known as Mike Zimmer's Ears, Charles Peters, Nick Ozen, Nezens Meredith Gorman, Clay Dabrowski, Adam Veet and Brian Claude, Josh Linke, Johnny Black, a blast from the past, here in some MLB shows, John Soupy Subowitz, Cody Bromberg, one of my high school classmates, Joey Ricotta, Joe Toscano, Joey Bag of Donuts, Zach White, Dr. Bill Williamson, Dr. K, Dr. Scott Koleski, uh, Athletic SXO Garber Athletic Director Dave Schwartz, Garber Football Coach Jake Willard, Matt Hardesty, TJ Newsham, Chargers sideline reporter Shannon Farron, Alex Keeler, Anthony Pasquale, Alex Strofe, Tony Peters, uh, Giants fan The Mage, Magically Mike, who supported me when I left my job at Kroger's, Perry Aston, uh, Alyssa Charleston's uh, Fox Q, Q Fox in uh, Seattle, Matt Matera from the Pure Report, Jack Patterson from WRBL, FCS Nation Radio's Kevin, Brandon Eisenman, Brandon Davis, Shakri Wrights, Bridge, uh, former Bridgeport assistant coach Courtney Griffin, Lee W. Mowen, Bally Sports Florida's Jess Blaylock, Vison Stormy Bonatoni, Tyler Baronski, MJ Hurley, Jay Smith, Elliot Brownstein, Kirk Ross, Sid Large, Daniel Kelly, Ariel Epstein, Matt Fralick, Sandy Charles, James Paxson, Alex Sims, Griffin Gonzalez, Lake Lewis, Candace Martino, Cody Stutes, Connor Griffin, Josh Ogdahl, Anthony, Anthony Bellino, Ben Hall, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker, Ben Probst, Francisco Castro, Matt Wolsey, Ryan Bauer, Charles Ritchie, Steve Kramer, TJ McKinley, Football by Nico, Valley Sports Southwest, Sabby Jones, KEZI's Cam Derby, uh, Blez Sports Cards, Erica Jones, and my next guest that are rounding out the 200th episode, Natalie Spala. We hope you enjoy this 200th edition of the Tom Green Podcast. And welcome to the 200th edition of the Tom Green Podcast. I'm sure on the video side you didn't hear the pre-recording, but my pre-recording was shouting out all those guests that have been on the show. The list is so extensive, and in fact our guests will be uh, quite uh, impressed with the list that I've been able to to uh, pull off. But uh, nonetheless, uh, our guest this week, we're talking Michigan-Maryland and of course some life and sports as well. From ABC7 in Washington, D.C., pleased to welcome Michigan grad Natalie Spala. Natalie, welcome to the show. Great great to have you. Great to interview you. Great to be here, and I'm completely honored. Number 200. That's incredible. First and foremost, I want to congratulate you because that is a lot of time, a lot of effort. I'm sure that has been put into this show for uh, years on end, I'm sure. So congratulations to you, Tom. I'm excited. Yes, absolutely. Been doing this show on Anchor and Apple since 2018, and I've taken a couple of hiatuses with um, 
I will be honest with a bout of heartbreak and rejections, but you know, you got to get through it. You got to go forward. And this is what I've done. And uh, it almost feels like uh, earlier this season when Adam Wainwright got his 200th win or when Max Scherzer got his 200th win, Tom Green records his 200th edition of the personal oh, podcast. And for my day job, even, um, I'll dab in that a little bit uh, for that, the Huron Daily Tribune and Bad Axe. I do their podcast. In fact, I created the podcast because I wanted to interview the coaches on this show, but um, my contract said you got to do it for the day job. So I said, you know what? Screw it. Do it for the day job. <laughs> and that's what I did. So uh, glad to that's have you That's everyone's on. goal is to make this their, their dream job because a lot of people I know, and I'm sure you can attest to it too, yeah. this is their side gig that they get to be in the world of sports as, as kind of something they want to do for themselves, but they still got that nine to five or something they're working. So yeah. for us to be able to say that this is our, our, our main time gig, I think we can speak for ourselves and we're both very honored to do what we do. Absolutely, for sure. So before we get started with talking some Michigan and Maryland, uh, tell me about some of your background for those that uh, aren't aware of you. I know you graduated from the University of Michigan, and I say that, of course, to mock the other team down south. <laughs> the University of Michigan, which I am proud to be a fan of. Uh, tell me about uh, your path and how you got to uh, ABC7 DC. Yeah, well, this week specifically, it's funny because I've been covering Maryland for the last few months at this point, but yes, I am a Michigan grad, so it's going to be a weird little dynamic come Saturday when the two meet on the gridiron. But yeah, mm -hmm. when it comes to me, like you said, Michigan born and raised um, from Livonia, Michigan, that's about 20 minutes outside of Detroit, mm -hmm. um, kind of grew up the way a lot of people in this industry grow up in terms of always being around the world of sports. I was one of those kids growing up that played every single sport possible um, and I think I can uh, say thank you to my parents for that my dad played football at Wayne State so we've always been kind of that Metro Detroit family um, grew up yeah like I said did kind of everything basketball was my absolute favorite still is to this day even though I get the chance to kind of dabble in everything these days but yeah went to U of M graduated and I was lucky enough to have my first job right out of graduation I moved to Traverse City Michigan where I was there for two years at WPVN. I was doing news and sports at the time. Um, for so, everyone so for who, those who in Michigan, Traverse that's, City, yeah. There's, yeah, there's not a lot of sports going on in Traverse City outside yeah. of high school. For so, those in Michigan, that's 9 and 10, correct? Yes, 9 and 10, but I worked at, um, it was 7 and 4 back in the seven day. 7 and now 4, coverage you can count on. There you go, <laughs> 100%, yes, you got it, exactly right. So, yeah, those are the two stations up there. Loved my time in Traverse City. If you've never been, I, I, to anyone who's listening, please go up there um, because it's still my favorite place in the world. And I've lived in a few different spots at this point. So was there for two years. Again, did news and sports, um, probably 90% news, 10% sports in terms of um, that dynamic. But yeah. it was one of those things where when I graduated, I always knew I wanted to be in the world of sports. But in this industry, there's perhaps 10 news jobs for every one sports job. So it was just kind of something I had to, a dynamic I had to work for the f next few years. Um, but loved my time in Traverse City. From there, I went to Charleston, South Carolina. Um, also another place I would definitely recommend if you're looking to, to go live somewhere warm. I think that was my main thing because um, I remember doing live shots in Traverse City outside in 13 degree weather thinking, wow, this is not great. So I'm glad I could get out of the state for my next gig. In Charleston, it was kind of more of the same. I did news and sports, but I got the chance to cover Clemson, South Carolina. So those were kind of the bigger um, pinnacles of the college world, especially Clemson. Um, 
but yeah, a, gr a great time. I, I got the chance to cover. There was a lot of uh, mid-major schools in Charleston as well. So perhaps even to my uh, my favorite event to cover to this day is the NCAA tournament. Luckily for us, College it. of Charleston had the chance to, to make it pretty deep. And we went down to Orlando to cover the team. Still my favorite team to cover till this day. Um, but from there, yeah, just kind of segued a pretty uh, a normal gig in terms of starting small in Traverse City and then making your way to to what D.C. is. And thankfully, now I'm kind of living the dream. It's something I wanted to do since I was in college. So to kind of see it come full circle and kind of um, this is where I want to be. Uh, it's been a it's been a crazy uh, ride the last few months, to say the least, but I've enjoyed every second of it. Absolutely. And coming from someone that I've told you off here has been around personalities like Jenny Taft and Laura Rutledge and recently Catherine Tappan and and and, yeah. uh, and others, DC is very lucky to have you and they will enjoy your coverage for the time that you are there. You, you oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You it's been good. It. And yeah, thankfully, you never quite know what it's going to be like when you show up to a new city, what the media is going to be like, especially because you come to a big city like this. And a lot of the people have been doing this for decades on mm -hmm. end. So when you, you feel like a, a small fish in a big pond, so to say, but everyone's been yeah welcoming me with open arms. So it's been absolutely incredible. Absolutely. And I had to take and I've had to uh, I've had to endure some things that back in my former gig at uh, WLEW, which I did news. But sometimes you got to take your lumps to get into the biz. And that's what uh, that's what we both have done working in news and sports. And that's something I would advise to uh, those that are looking to work in sports is that um, you can't be afraid to take other side gigs and take news jobs because you get coverage that way and you can transform that into the sports coverage that now, thankfully, that we are doing now. Yes, 100%. And I always say maybe it's just my sports mind talking, but we talk so much about reps in sports, whether that's mm -hmm. the shots you put up, the, the goals you score, just reps in practice. And that's kind of the same thing, whether you are doing a news or a sports job is just the amount of times you're putting yourself in a position to learn. I think that's mm -hmm. probably one of the biggest things I've learned since doing this for, I guess now it's been, this is my fifth year. So <laughs> still, still, still young, but it, it's flying by for sure. Time flies when you're having fun. I cannot believe this is my third season now in my day job at the oh, Tribune. And I still feel yesterday, I still feel um, like it was yesterday. I walked into that office at um, 9 a.m. and I thought, I'm going to love this gig. Yeah. I'm sure that you've uh, you've been to a couple of different places where you walk in that first day and you're like, I think I'm going to like it here. Yeah, and so many people, they, they spend uh, the greater part of their lives chasing that feeling. So for, for both of us to, to say we've, we've grasped it is, I think, a win in our book. Absolutely. So uh, now moving forward to uh, Michigan and Maryland here. That's kind of going to kind of be our preview game for this week. I usually talk a lot about all the Detroit teams, but uh, we're, we're going to focus more on Michigan, Maryland, of course, since you're from the Maryland coverage area. And uh, well, tell me about this team. They're six and four. They're bowl eligible. They've taken yeah. a couple of uh, they've taken a couple of lumps, definitely, but they're they're going to play in a bowl this year. They're starting to become a. Uh, <clears throat> they're really starting to uh, get continuity, I guess, if that makes yeah. sense, from years ago. And um, we won't discuss what happened years ago, of course, but they're starting to 
become a unit and contiguous team, I guess. Uh, tell me about uh, the Maryland Terrapins and what yeah, you Yeah, it's, it's interesting, especially since I'm, I'm new to the area. This is my first year covering the Maryland Terrapins, so I, I feel like I'm looking at them with fresh eyes. But because, of course, Michigan, a Big Ten school, you've always kind of looked at Maryland. They've sometimes just been a thorn in the Wolverines' side. Like last mm -hmm. year, I know the game was super close, but oh, Michigan, yeah. of course, came out on top. But this year, it's year five for head coach Mike Loxley. So this was the the year the pieces were supposed to fit perfectly together. This is the, the year they've got all of their their star veterans returning to Leah Tugavailoa, the, the mm -hmm. star at QB, his last season of eligibility. So this was the year if the team wanted to make a strong push that it was going to be this year. And that was very candidly what Mike Loxley had said heading into this season. He said, look, this is year five. This is the time for our team to really start clicking. And we have one goal, and that is competing for a Big Ten championship. You look at Michigan, you look at Ohio State, you look at the teams like Penn State, and that is essentially the bar they are trying to get to. They've already lost to two of those schools, Ohio State and Penn State, this season. And those were essentially kind of measuring stick games because you kind of saw, I know it was 51-15, to 15, that Maryland-Penn State game. So essentially a long ways to go for this Maryland team as well. And they did start off the season very, very hot, 5-0 and to start the year. But then came the lumps and the bumps. Lost four games after that, two of them to, again, Ohio State, Penn State, but then also to Illinois and Northwestern. So teams that the team pretty much should have won, and they simply just did not go Maryland's way. A big win, however, this past Saturday over Nebraska, a walk-off uh, field goal, which I think this past weekend was the weekend of walk-off field goals. It Salute seems to our like Lions, it, yes. 100%, because the, the NFL saw several this past weekend, mm -hmm. but they were able to grind out a, a gritty 13-10 to 10 win in Lincoln, Nebraska, to truly, I mean, it sounds cliche, but get back on the right foot. You, you know, you, uh, you look at a Michigan game and how daunting it can be. Uh, of course, uh, top team in the nation, you're, you're on a lengthy losing streak. That big win over Nebraska, it was huge because spirits are now kind of high- um, this group feels reinvigorated. They are ready to go, and they're very confident heading into this Saturday. Yes, and one thing that um, uh, that I was thinking about as you were speaking there was, uh, I think it was like 2014 when uh, Illinois and UCLA played in the Fight Hunger Bowl in San Francisco, and I believe US or UCLA started six and zero, lost the lost the next yeah. six, and they somehow found found a way to win that bowl game. I still don't know how to this day, but that's <laughs> that's a team that you're kind of looking at had Maryland lost that game and they got into four and five to where they just slide towards the end yeah. of the year. And Northwestern is a game I look at and I'm thinking for those that are look, look for those that are watching on video or listening on audio, I'm scratching <laughs> my head. Yes. What the hell happened here at Ryan Field at Northwestern? Shout out to Ryan Field at ABC7 New York, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was one of those games where that was kind of what we were doing as well, scratching our head. And that was kind of the maybe a turning point in the season because Penn State was the game after that. And you kind of look at a game. Maryland, I will give them credit. They attack every single game the same exact way. And I think a lot of that has to do with head coach Mike Loxley and just the, the confidence he instills in this group. I mean, he is a truly a coach. I know every coach says this but he is truly a coach that's a we play one game a season every week type coach so they did approach that um, Penn State game like any other game and the same they will do for Michigan this coming week but that Northwestern game was a game where 
you didn't really know what was going on with this team. You looked at the field and, and there was just no um, complimentary football going, taking place. And that's still a problem actually to this day. I know earlier this week, Loxley had said, no, we haven't played a single game this year where all three phases are clicking. And that's kind of one of the reasons why they, I guess now they have, of course, they are bowl eligible after this Saturday. So they're kind of can wipe that from, from their table of worries, but they are truly attacking Saturday with the confidence that we are going to go in and not with the mentality of beating Michigan, but the mentality that we are going to play our best physical game possible and put all those pieces together because we're, of course, the season's winding down and the team has, this team has yet to do that. So I think that's the one point perhaps that Loxley's pretty disappointed with at this point because he did put out all of these lofty expectations for this team this season. And the top expectation for many of coaches across the league is just playing to your ability. And he hasn't seen that yet from this group. Yeah, and so before we get going, the keys to the game as well, uh, because you have this sort of conflicting perspectives because you're a Michigan fan as a <laughs> as a Maryland reporter, uh, what's your thoughts on the Jim Harbaugh, um, you know, the, um, the uh, sign stealing and the suspension and whatnot. Yeah, so this just kind of feels like the saga that never ends. Um, <laughs> I know today is Thursday, so we did get that news out today that he that he indeed he will uh, not be on the sideline in College Park this week. Uh, same will go for the Ohio State game uh, next week as well. So another thing where personally I've been kind of, I mean, I've been paying attention to it and I'm like a, a Michigan homer, of course, which a lot of us are that went to the school. Um, team can do no wrong. Head coach Jim Harbaugh can do no wrong. We're kind of in that mentality, but I mean, it's, it's not a, the right mentality to be in. Um, if you break the rules, there are going to be consequences. Did he, did he not? That's not up for me to, to discuss or to determine, of course not determine. So I'm just going to leave it how that is. Um, and that was really kind of what Loxley, I'll just go back to Loxley because he was of course addressed this um, at the podium this week. And he said, it's not our business to worry about what's going on taking place off the field. We are hundred percent worried about um, ourselves and going into this game with the mentality that we are going to compete to our highest level. Um, so with that being said, that's my, my coach speak for you, uh, Tom, Absolutely. but I know it's very interesting. And so we're going to have to see now that the consequences and the pieces have kind of fallen in terms of the consequences, this is going to be a lengthy investigation, however. Oh, so sure. I, this saga is not ending um, just in the next few weeks. I have a feeling. Yeah, as uh, from what I've seen, and I've talked about it on my uh, on on um, other versions of the show, it seems to be changing every single day. Yeah. I haven't really been able to have a sound opinion on it, and but the opinions I had, which have kind of come true, was if Stallions actually did it, he should be gone. He resigned. We found yeah. out from Associated Press writer Larry Wage a couple of days ago that Stallions did not file file an expense report. So take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Harbaugh accepted the suspension today. Okay, now we know that Harbaugh is not going to be on the sidelines for this game as well as Ohio State. Maybe or maybe not, you did take a look at my Twitter over Saturday and you saw bet, 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 bet. Because <laughs> I, yeah. uh, I was, um, in the words of Baker Mayfield, I was waking up feeling dangerous that day because I'm like, <laughs> we got to beat Penn State and we're going we're gonna to kick their rears. And I'm and I won't say the I won't I won't say the word that I'm thinking about well because I want to keep this PG thirteen, but I I I had that I had that mentality and it's it's crazy how just yeah. one word tweeted by the quarterback just 
spreads everywhere, and yours truly yeah. did it a lot too. Bet. <laughs> oh, I loved every second of it. I'm always the supporter of a, of a team that can take adversity, doesn't matter what type it is, and, and turn it into something powerful. And I think, of course, a lot of uh, the eyes around the nation were on that Penn State-Michigan game. And I'm, of course, very pleased with the, the outcome of that game. But I woke up Saturday a little, just a little worried. Because when sure. things start to become more about what's taking place off the field and not so much what's taking place on the field, that can, of course, be hard for a player. But it can also be hard for, for people trying to just watch the game. Because you're right. like, hmm, how is this team going to show up this day, considering everything? And I think I'll tip my hat off to Michigan because I think they not only handled it well, but they're taking the right approach. Um, so we're just going to have to hopefully keep that rolling as Michigan fans. Exactly. And uh, with the three game suspension to start the year because of the, uh, che- right. we'll call it cheeseburger gate. Uh, if we want to <laughs> call it that um, they had experience without the head coach. And in fact, I right. was at, uh, I was at Michigan UNLV and I went up to uh I went up to the to a, one of the burger stands at Michigan Stadium, and I straight up told the cashier, "I want the free Harbaugh meal." You got it. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, I burger. Love it. <laughs> and I love how the universe. I mean, of course, only how you can imagine a university rallying around the football head coach. But I know the team showed up to the hockey game that night, and, yes. and they were free Harbaugh chants going around the um, the arena. So it was awesome to see too. I'm all for it. Absolutely love it. So uh, now let's move to uh, keys to the game. How to? Um, yeah. It's going to be tough, but um, it's so far Michigan, I believe, is a fourteen point favorite at the time of this recording. Excuse me, nineteen point favorite at the time of this recording. Over under is forty nine and a half. So, uh, what are some of your keys to Maryland getting off of home turf? I still call it Bird Stadium. I know it's changed like three <laughs> different times. Uh, how does Maryland get out of there? The shell. Terpsville. Terpsville, the shell. How do they get out of the shell with somehow with a victory over Michigan and to deny win number 1,000 for the Wolverines? Yeah, well, it's it's definitely going to be an uphill battle for the Terps. I can say that. And I can probably rattle off seven different keys to the game because this is, again, a team that hasn't put all the pieces together this year. So it's not just a, we need to go out on first down and convert. Um, huge yardage on that first down play it's not going to be we need to contain the it's going to be everything essentially um and i know one of the things that was brought up um this week at loxley's press conference was just his team being disciplined he was kind of um he was asked about that because there were a ton of penalties this past week in nebraska and he was asked about it by reporters and he kind of wanted to to let everyone know hey we have a disciplined group i don't know what you guys you think you want to write whatever this is a disciplined group so I'm not convinced completely. This is a group that can sometimes be a half step late, be a half step in a different spot. And you know, football is a game of inches. So I know the Terps need to be in the right spot at the right time in order to contain JJ McCarthy. And of course, he's got a lot of different options when it comes to the offense, but also the defense, of course, Michigan, one of the strongest in the country. And that was, I'm going to keep going back to this Loxley press conference because he has truly nothing but respect for the Michigan Wolverines. And he said, it's not just one guy that can, can destroy you. It is everyone. So that's going to be a a true emphasis for this Terps is every single person on that field needs to be doing their job. Um, But again, going back to just not having to, really play a complete full game they're just going to need to execute and I know that sounds like complete coach talk as well 
But when you're a team that has struggled to, to whether the offense is kicking or whether the defense is kicking, the defense had four takeaways against Nebraska. So that was a complete uh, side of the game for them, but perhaps not so much on the offense, only putting up 13 points, um, including that walk off a field goal to ice the game. But it's going to be one of those where they're going to need to take play by play, um, possession by possession, because, you know, Michigan has the ability to run up a score and run it up pretty quickly. Absolutely. One second. <clears throat> Seasonal crap, like I told you before, a seasonal crap <laughs> going on here in Michigan. But uh, nonetheless. Don't you uh, imagine. Exactly. And so uh, a couple things for Maryland to kind of hang their hat on, I guess, is look at last year's game, Michigan-Maryland, to start Big yeah. Ten play. That was a nail-biter that was close. Michigan fans, including myself, think it should not have been that close. But that's the first thing I would do if I were coach Loxley is rewatch that tape, study those schemes. They probably have changed, of course, since. But yeah. study those schemes and watch what they did last year because while Michigan will be getting ready for that, it still worked. So that's, so that's one thing. Two, Michigan is looking to uh, – Michigan should not be overlooking games, but let's face it, they – the players on the field are 18 to 24 years old. Yeah. They're going to look ahead towards Ohio State. Maryland should take advantage, should try to take as much advantage of that as possible. A lot of the teams that I cover at my day job emphasize three yards of play. If they can get three yards of play, sure you'll have fourth and one, but you'll have the confidence to go for it and get those three yards of play. Uh, yeah. Talia, Talia's going to have to be mistake-free. I mean, I've said it before on this show, uh, turnovers are great at Arby's, but not on the field. Uh, that's definitely <laughs> like something. That. It's definitely one. It's true, but two. It's um. It's definitely <laughs> something a lot of teams should hang their hat on because you don't turn the ball over, you had a good chance of winning the game. Talia is going to have to have, I would say, a oh, a seventy percent plus completion percentage if the Terps yeah. are going to stay in this game, and he has the capability of doing it, but. Will uh, will they get the amount of plays to do it? Because Michigan can sustain long drives every now and again. Yeah, there's everything. When you look at all of the different aspects, everything is favoring the Michigan side um, in terms of the defense, in terms of the quarterback spot. Um, really, everything you can name. But that's the one thing I'm glad you mentioned it, is that yes, these are 18 to 22, 24 year olds, and they have the tendency. I mean, the whole nation is looking forward to this Michigan-Ohio State game. They've been looking forward to it since the beginning of the season. I, as a Michigan fan, look forward to it every single year. When they won last year, I was looking forward to it this coming year. So I think it's, of course, a, a game everyone's going to be paying attention to. But this is the most important game of the season right now, and the Maryland-Michigan game. Um, and I know the head coaches are, are saying the same thing to their players, but I think that's kind of been what's been super emphasized this week at practice for the Terps is just that confidence element. Um, and it would be super smart if Loxley pulled up tape and kind of put the uh, images in front of his team this past week and said, hey, this is what we have the capability of doing. We can compete with any team in the nation. We can compete with a Michigan. It's just about mm -hmm. executing putting the pieces together. I'm going to keep uh, saying it and emphasizing it myself because that was the thing Loxley had said, like, we don't need to play above ourselves to beat a team like Michigan. We just need to play to our ability and play um, a complete uh, full game of football to get it done. So we're going to have to see. I'm excited. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, a couple keys to Michigan winning is if it ain't broke, don't fix it because um, – <laughs> There, uh, there were some times where Penn State got some stops on defense, but let's face it, P 
Penn State has a defense with with Manny Diaz. They don't have much of an offense, and that's kind of what costed Penn State that game at home. So uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, J.J. don't turn the ball over. Blake find the end zone twice. Throw the ball to Roman Wilson in the end zone. And as long as the defense holds and gets a turnover, I think Michigan should walk away with win number 1,000. So, um, well, I'll give you a chance to give any keys that you want to give on that side as well. I was just going to, yeah, just a quick add, and I mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned Blake Corum because I'm pretty sure there's been several times this season where I've tweeted Blake Corum for president, and it's just because <laughs> the team can worry me, but you give that man the ball, and he has the ability to do extraordinary things with it. So I think that if you ever watched that movie Kicking and Screaming um, with Will Ferrell, <laughs> when they're like, pass the ball to the Italians, like keep, keep the ball in those two players' hands. Sometimes I'm like, give the ball to Blake Corum and he will do the rest. So I think, um, and again, this is a Maryland defense that has struggled in containing um, rushes. So I think if they find um, the right seams, which Blake Corum has the ability to do, we already know that, then I think Michigan will have um, win number 1,000. So we're going to have to see. There we go. Good deal. So, uh well, why don't we get to it? Uh, how, um, how do we think this game is going to roll? Uh, how will, uh, I guess the big question is, will Michigan have win number 1,000 at about 3.30 p.m. next this this Saturday? You know, Tom, I'm just going to tell it to you straight, and I'm going to say yes. I think um, they have come out on top the last seven times uh, in Terpsville in College Park. Um, so I'm going to say yes, they are going to be um, grasping uh, win number 1,000 on the road this week. There we go. Uh, my prediction is that uh, Blake Corum will find the end zone twice. Ro- uh, Roman Wilson finds the end zone once. Uh, Donovan Edwards gets things rolling, I would say, 85-ish yards and a touchdown. Michigan defeats Maryland 41-20. to um, I think Maryland has the capability of scoring points. I know Michigan hasn't given up more than 15 in the season. But there's yeah. always in this this last game before Ohio State, whether it's Maryland, whether it's Illinois, like last year, there's always going to be that small little look ahead, and I think that could happen in the first half. Uh, Maryland keeps it close at halftime. I think Michigan has a 17-10 to 10 lead at the half, and then Michigan pulls away in the second half and gets the 41-20 to 20 final score. Win number 1,000, and we all look forward to Ohio State. We certainly do. I like everything you said right there. I'm all here for it, top to bottom, Tom. There we go. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, those that the fans of yours at uh, ABC Seven don't be offended because they know that uh, <laughs> they know your Michigan ties. Hopefully. Oh, trust me, they know where my alliance stands, especially every Sunday um, when everyone's wearing their Ravens and their Commanders jerseys. I'm rocking with the Lions. They know that, so they they go. know how it is. There we go. So. Uh, well, as usual, for the 200th time on this uh, show, uh, as I always ask my guests, anything else that you have to add to this uh, wonderful Tom Green podcast? I'm just honored I'm number 200. Let's <laughs> run it back again, Tom. I'm all for it. <laughs> there we go. We have a lot of good report. I'm glad that this could work out, and I'm glad that I got to episode number 200, and hopefully those that are listening and have definitely enjoyed the conversation. She is Natalie Spala from ABC7, Washington, D.C. Michigan and Maryland kick off at College Park at noon Saturday, November 18th on Big Noon Saturday. And this has been the Tom Green Podcast.